0: That's me on the podcast, sharing a song with something to say about it. With within Lear and Niagara Moon, in my opinion.
1: Are we allowed to talk about yours illness? Mm-hmm. So it seems like we've we've sort of swapped COVID experiences now and you are in the throes of it, but you look okay. You look and sound okay. The Rona
0: got me, but uh, you know, it's been a few days. It's, uh, it's been pretty mild symptoms. Um, the worst part is that I just have, you know, I live with uh, my wife who's a teacher. I certainly do not want to get sure. her sick. So I've been holed up in my room day in, yeah. day out. I sleep here, I, I podcast here, I eat here. This is, this is it right here. It's a lot like, it's a lot like being a teenager. You know, I'm, I'm I'm playing computer games to pass the time. I'm you know I'm taking all my meals in my room. Brain
1: brain fog. <laughs> brain fog. I'm away from human touch. Just make sure you don't you know turn away if you cough into the mic. You know what I'm saying? Do like a like a day yeah. thing. Just just turn away from the mic. And so, are we at a point in this podcast where we can start plugging our own music? Do you think that the listener is ready for that, or or are we? Immediately taking advantage of the platform.
0: Uh, there's no immediately about it. What are we? Seventeen episodes in here. You're listening to Losing My Opinion. I am Niagara Moon. I'm
1: th- I'm Thin Lear.
0: And the reason we do this podcast, while it's both uh, hopefully entertaining for you and very fun
1: for us, is because we're also mm-hmm. musicians ourselves. Yeah, so we could we could talk about ourselves a little bit. Hopefully, this doesn't betray I think your so. trust in hearing us talk about things we like and dislike. That's the first cough of the podcast, and I will be keeping a running tally of that oh happening. No. So just keep that in the back of your mind. Uh, so I have a show coming up on September 15th for anyone who is in New York City, the tri-state area, if you want to drive in from further out. The show at Mercury Lounge, uh, opening for Jesse Malin. Uh, will be playing... It's September 15th at 8 p.m., I believe, is when we begin. So if you're a fan of hearing me talk, you should try listening to me sing. I, I feel it's more enjoyable than listening to me talk.
0: And I got to say, singing voice, speaking voice, very different with you. I've only met a few other people where their voices mm. were that different.
1: So even just, you know, common to hear that disparity. Yeah. It'll <laughs> it'll blow Blow your, your mind. mind. Um, and that's no,
0: it's good that you brought this up too, because today, you know, we're comparing your music and my music and deciding which is better. Which is right? better,
1: right? We'll each, make, we'll each independently make a decision about that. And I think we'll be pretty unbiased, I would imagine. Um, maybe we'll do like a listener call in episode. That would be fun, right? That would be fun to be shit on publicly. But anyway, September 15th, come on out to Mercury Lounge, uh, say hi, tell me about your favorite podcast episode or your least favorite. Particularly if it's involving something Thomas brought in, because I would like to hear that. Uh, uh, well, speaking of uh, bones, I have to pick. Uh-huh. Right? So something has been bothering me for a while. Uh, and you know I hate I hate confrontation. So I, I've kept it to myself. I didn't know this. No. <laughs> this is news no? to me. Well, sometimes I fight back if provoked, but very okay. rarely will I get after it. I have trouble right. expressing. You're like, you're like a wild animal. Like a wild animal, with like, like a wounded wild animal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have trouble expressing my feelings. And, and if you say something that rubs me the wrong, the wrong way, I tend not to speak up in the interest of maintaining peace. But I can't hold my tongue any longer with this. And I don't want to call you out here. Uh-huh. But I, I have to say, you didn't know who Wilson Pickett was. and That's true. It really hurt me in my heart. <laughs> it's a wound that has not healed. And I know that was like, what was that, our first episode? It was, So it really, it it sent a shudder down my spine. Uh, It made me think like, well, it's my responsibility then as a friend, a podcast partner, and sometime enemy, uh, that we need to discuss this more, Mm -hmm. particularly this genre that I love so much. Uh, We're going to do it through a very particular lens, though. Uh, I want to talk about the compilation. OK, mm. that assortment of tunes from a particular era or label or genre that is really just like the ultimate gateway drug for a whole style of music. It's happened to me a couple times in my life where I've been introduced to a sound that way. It kind of acts like a tree with branches uh, and I can trace yeah. back my love for like a whole whole genre of music to just single compilation records. I mean, do you have any of those in your life? Well,
0: movie soundtracks are often like that for me. Sure. It's gonna be pretty hard for me to think of any off the top, but I don't know, like the Train Spotting soundtrack's pretty great. Train Spotting, Boogie Nights, yeah. Boogie Nights, yeah. That's yeah. got a lot of classics on it. I mean, any any film that's like three hours long and depicts like a rise and fall, like Goodfellas style, like that's gonna have
1: a bunch of uh, solid classics. Yeah. It's gonna have some good stuff. For me, I think the first like actual compilation compilation that had an impact on me was was called Nuggets. Mm. Um, it's full of like psych rock hits and introduced me to the concept oh, of like yeah th- yeah. Have you heard of this? I think I've, I think I've heard of it. Yeah, very groovy cover. Um, it was just like the first time where I felt like you know I was pretty young when I heard it. it made me think so much of loving music involves hunting it down, and and we mm-hmm. talk a lot about that on this podcast. And I feel like the Spending compilation, LimeWire, <laughs> getting viruses on LimeWire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it just makes you feel like a good compilation makes you feel like an archaeologist. And and Nuggets is the perfect title for any compilation, actually. But I think the next one I got into is Anthology of American Folk Music, which is like, introduced me to non-60s folk. It's, it's hmm. beautiful early tunes, like creepy murder ballads, um, voices from the past, just all kinds of richness. It was like the first time I heard the Carter family, and they introduced me to country, and yeah, yeah. Uh, but one of my favorite genres growing up, going back to my first point about you uh, not knowing Wilson Pickett. Favorite genres growing up, still to this day, is soul. Uh, mm. There are a few different compilations I can point to. There's the complete Stax Vault collection, which is like just killer. It's, it's massive. Uh, Stax was Sam and Dave, right? Yes, you're correct. Yeah. Yes. Uh, there's Love Train, Sound of Philadelphia, which is obviously like pretty regional. Uh-huh. Love Train. Mm-hmm. Uh, so powerful. I heard a Teddy Pedergrass through that one. But if I'm being honest, the compilation that's my favorite, and I would argue the best soul compilation ever, is mm. called "Take Me to the River." And when I say it's the best, I probably just mean that it caught me at the right time in my life. Uh, technically, the best is probably that Stax compilation. Like, if you really want to go nuts, yeah, that's where you should go. That, they were Memphis, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, Stax was Memphis. Stax, Sun, yeah, they they were, they were all Memphis. Um, yeah, some good shit down there. Very good. Uh, for brevity, this compilation takes the cake. Uh, it's it's also regional because it's just like all Southern stuff. But the production you hear on this thing, like, God, song to song, it's just like some of the best music ever recorded. And I'm going to step around the Al Greens and Otis Reddings of the world because I'm just going to assume, you know, the listeners already know what's going on there. Uh, both of them are represented here. So is Aretha but I'm going to focus instead on some gems that just pulled me into the genre and we're just going to we're just going to go right into it all right so first fellow we're talking about Joe Simon this one means a lot to me for very personal reasons very personal this was the first song I ever sang to my wife uh, so she's Dominican and my horrible horrible wingman friend took us out dancing <sighs> on our first group date that we went on and that was just a full on nightmare uh, so I needed to show her on our second date that there was more to me than just a guy who struggled to move his feet in a rhythmic uh-huh. way so we went to guess where we went to on our next date the Copacabana <laughs> that would be kind of cool but no we went to karaoke because okay. I needed to show her like look there's more to me than yeah. than that 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 was a bad representation I I do have some talents. yeah this this is more to me there's more something else going on yeah uh, and afterwards, she's like, "What does your voice sound like when you're not doing imitations of whatever?" So I sang her this song, and then I played it for her before I proposed. Years wow. later, so it's a tune that holds a lot of weight for me. So let's. Boy, if I don't like it, I'm really a little shit then today. It's huh? almost like you're saying that you uh, reject approve
0: <laughs> of your union.
1: Yeah, you reject the the love that I have for my wife. And yeah, it's just that would be upsetting to hear. Okay. All right, Joe
0: Simon, My Adorable One.
1: Aw. Okay, you ready?
0: You're going to start tearing
1: up. <laughs> yeah, this is a lot different than the Kiss episodes where I was tearing up for different reasons.
0: I can say you are my adorable
1: elements to it i mean for starters what is this tune this is like 64 so i mean yeah, oh really yeah so it's a, it's a little bit it's a, a little bit <laughs> further along than you might think but so it has still some of that syrup from like late 50s early 60s but there's it's gr- got the the david lynch uncanniness <laughs> sure a bit. yeah but there's also a grittiness there too and there's like a groove to it that's pulling away from those earlier styles, and I think pointing to what's going to go down in the late 60s. Yeah. um, It's just a really interesting transitional soul song. Uh, This is Joe Simon. He's got like a tremendous voice. He's got a lot of other great tunes, Drowning in the Sea of Love, Choking Kind. But this one is obviously very special to me.
0: It sounds like the kind of song that you'd hear the Beatles Riffing on in between takes, you know, in the let, <laughs> let it, it be <laughs> footage, it sounds like they just spent an afternoon, like just reminiscing about how much they love this song. Yeah, you know, one of those numbers.
1: Yeah, it really does have that. It really does have that vibe to it, and I like that it sounds uh, both dusty and modern at the same time. I think it, it just has those those late fifties elements It has the the mid sixties elements, and um, and his yeah. voice is just so strong. I love that like sort of shredded electric guitar that happens on the Damn. choruses. <laughs> what do you call that? The cat scratch guitar? Yeah. It's just like, it,
0: it's... That's always a must-have for these songs.
1: It's a weird combination of gritty and syrupy. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's just a perfect balance there. So moving forward, I'm going to take you in a different direction. Uh huh. So we're going to do a tune that really took me by surprise when I heard it, because I didn't know the artist. His name's Marcel Strong. Don't have no idea what else he did. I really tr- I tried to look it up a little bit. Don't know much about him. Uh, I love this song from the moment I heard it. It's just the coolest arrangement. It's a song that should have been a huge hit. Uh, it's just smooth, kicks ass. It's kind of like a groovy slow jam. Um, it's like a real precursor to a song like Groove Me or I'll Take You There. Okay. Uh, this is 1970. So things are getting a little bit funkier. Here. More uh, explicit. Yeah. Yes. More explicit, if you will. All right. Here All right. you go. Oh yeah. Here you go. That bottom yes, end is just like, hmm, Lord, so fat. You got that magic touch, baby. Woo! yeah. That sets off my love alone.
0: Very unique groove. Lord, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Keep, like, yeah. losing track of it. And I'm like, oh, that's what they're doing. Every time you love me.
1: Yeah. Ooh, you put me under your spell. Yes, you do, yeah. Mm. Making me lose control of my body.
0: Yeah, that's good.
1: How you do that so well? And look at here. It's got to be the way you scratch my back. And I'm in my Oh yeah. No, I'm gonna be a good one. Just a great song. A great song and it makes me think of like you know again what a song like groove me does uh where it's just like so forward thinking but also mm-hmm. of its time and place you know that that great balance that the best soul songs have um never heard anything else from marcel strong his voice is great it's not like technically an amazing voice but he's got so much character Oh, you never uh,
0: need it technically. There, you just need the soul. Come on. Yeah.
1: Who yeah. needs
0: the? I don't care what the ranges. I want to <laughs> hear yeah. the. I want to hear the vocal cords shredding. You know.
1: Yeah. Yes. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of real gems on this compilation. Um, there's also a bunch of tunes written by. I'll do a special shout out here to Memphis songwriter Dan Penn, who wrote, I think, like nine of the songs. Uh, I think it's like 27 wow. songs, something like that. So he's he's all over the place, and we're not listening to any of his tunes today, because uh, a lot of those are sort of more well known. But uh, he's a real legend, and is still doing his thing down there, still alive. And I hope he releases another album soon. There it is, stacks behind you. Which it's so strange, like when you go down there, like how tiny these places are. Mm. You know, I know Sun has sort of a reputation for being tiny. Uh, but stacks is quite small as well and it's just like how did such a small environment create such a massive uh, sound and have such a massive influence it's like hard for the human brain to hey, handle you
0: make a diamond under pressure you know i'm sure everybody involved was always worried about money and this and that but they if you have soul who could ask for anything more
1: and who could ask for anything more? Right. I'm a little disappointed in myself. <laughs> that's for that. Yeah. a beautiful, what a beautiful quote. Um, uh-huh. I forget what our t-shirt was from last time. Uh, it was something to do with Static X, I think. But that's another good t-shirt that we could make for this podcast. Who could want anything more? No. I don't know, but let's go back to the daddy theme. Right? <laughs> I think daddy we're daddy doing theme. better there.
0: Uh, so we're going to end with... These are daddy's soul classics. Daddy's soul to classics. Today.
1: Yeah, I should have like a pipe like a uh-huh. blanket on my legs uh we're gonna end with where it all begins both for the compilation and for me hearing soul music it's a really early Stax tune it, re- it was released a few years into their their classic run it's by a guy william bell he's another memphis dude who's still doing his thing uh this song marks a huge shift towards what was to come for soul in the late 60s and this is just a special it's a special tune again to me this sounds modern uh, I don't know if the listener will agree, but it just feels like something that could have been released very recently. You know, hearing these
0: tunes today makes me realize, you know, I love Van Morrison, but he's, is he really all that? Because it just becomes clear that he's just aping all these artists that he loves. Yeah.
1: And... yeah, he is. I mean, I, I always sort of wrestle. I still love him, but with that. yeah, I still love him. I, I, think, I think it's why I don't really listen to them. You know, I think it's why mm-hmm. I don't really dig the, the like Bang. Um, wasn't that the label that, that those those early singles that he did and his work yeah. with them? Because it's just oh, like I do like I do like the the
0: the Bang Masters. Yeah, yeah. I but mean, his it, voice—it's more derivative. Then, yeah, yeah, right.
1: And it's why although I that, don't, that cover of Fits all over now, Baby Blue. That's pretty darn interesting. That's awesome. Well, that well doesn't that take it in a very different direction? I mean, when he's different, sort of just yeah. doing like the Eric Burden thing, and not to yeah. not to crap on the Animals, like House of the Rising Sun is awesome couple of other tunes, but like when they're just doing like blues covers, this just feels so inferior. Inferior, yeah. Uh, Well, that's how I feel about Joe Cocker, too, but then everybody gets. I know you really have a problem with Joe Cocker, yeah. His
0: stupid hair and his tie-dye shirt. All right, I think I've already treaded these waters before.
1: You should do a a Joe Cocker episode just because I've never heard someone uh, come after. Him. You know what, you do it and see if he can
0: change my mind. Because have I heard everything that he has to offer? No. I can't and say could I'm or Could I be fan. swayed?
1: You know? I, don't know, I don't know if I'm the guy to be talking you into you it. Know,
0: you know what it is? It's just like, okay, obviously, he's a huge name. He's cemented his legacy. He made a ton of money. How about the thousands of guys like these that you're showing me today who are just mm-hmm. as good or better, but they're obscure? It's like,
1: why, would, you know, why wouldn't I turn my attention to them instead? Right. Uh, that's a fair point. Yeah. Uh, he's pretty bombastic. But yeah, I mean, it, you make a good point with like, you know, early Van Morrison, yeah, Eric Bird and the Animals, like that kind of sound that I think we're probably more familiar with. It. It's more ubiquitous. Um, yeah, you hear
0: it in, in movies and stuff more often. Right. Goddamn, House of the Rising Sun, That the number of times I've just had that played at me has ruined any enjoyment I could have of that song. I like, oh my God, <laughs> I never want to hear it again. It's already playing in my head right now, and I'm like,
1: get it out. It was a tight riff. Uh, There's there's a a version of that. Someone made a cover. It's like some modern rock band, and it sounds somehow exactly the same as the original recording, but also like complete shit. Uh, They play it at the gym I go to, which is like so stupid. You need to change gyms. That's the, probably the best song on the, the soundtrack. Oh, I should no. do a whole episode that's just the gym playlist. Your gym music. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear that. <laughs> there's, there's two elements. There's the one, there's like the Q1043 element where they play like Won't Get Fooled Again and like, um, you know, Leonard Skinner that and stuff. That song gets a pass for me for some reason. That I song's can... great. No, I don't I care. I'll work on that yeah. song. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll push things with my legs listening to, <laughs> listening to that song. Keith Moon's going <laughs> to give you a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. But then there's like the other side where it's like, you know, five finger death punch and like bands that are like very much uh, like look to new metal as their forefathers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be listening to any of it. I just want to hear myself struggling to breathe. That's what I want this soundtrack mm-hmm. to be. But anyway... To conclude long, my long tangent, it's aside there. <laughs> I certainly don't listen to Take Me to the River compilation when I'm working out. It's Ooh, not to, the right. The so that song is on here. And you you know that one, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners do from the uh, David Byrne Talking M- Heads cover. M- Mr. David Byrne, yeah. Which is very good. That I really do love that cover because they make it their own. It's like Yeah. It's it's the the funky robotic thing that they do so well. And they sort of like they sort of and I don't mean this in a um, a negative way. They like, they like drain it of its soul in an intentional yes,
0: fashion because they know they have none, so they make up for it with other qualities. It's anxious, neurotic. You I don't know. want to hear David Byrne trying to be soulful, like <laughs> right. in the way that Joe Simon is.
1: Gah. You right, know, he's got that would his own be thing going on. uncomfortable. So yeah, he yeah. he makes it he makes it anxious, and uh, that's quite a feat for a song. That if you heard yeah. the original, that's what makes him cool. Yeah, you'd be like, oh, this is a pretty sultry. It's a sultry tune. I, I'm not quite sure what he saw in it to turn it in that direction. But um, this, is, this is by William Bell. This is the first song in the compilation. It's one of the first soul songs that I heard outside of like the big, the big folks, the big artists. Mm-hmm. Um, and see what you this think of this the, one. The William Bell overture. This is William Bell. <laughs> William Bell Overture. Yeah, the famous...
0: You know, a side effect of COVID is you make really stupid jokes. I don't know if, if that was common knowledge. Hey, I don't mind it. I was reading up online on, on WebMD. It said that's a symptom. Sure.
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully that goes away by next week. <laughs> by next week, yeah. Uh, so so check, this, check this tune out. I think you might take this one. All right. So you're showing me You Don't Miss Your Water. Yes. That's an interesting title. By William Bell. Yeah Oh and he wrote it too anyway, Yeah so this is like oh, A, a oh, real good for him It's like an elemental it, You'll hear it You'll hear it Check it out mm.
0: It's got that Nina Simone energy 61 <laughs> Yeah
1: In oh, the book
0: Yeah, you saved the best for last
1: year Yeah, It's so I was too It has this like meandering Thud to it mm-hmm. I couldn't see But now you've left me Oh, how I cry You don't miss your water
0: Till your well runs
1: dry Have you ever heard this song before? I no. You I've
0: heard Till your well runs dry by Peter Tosh. <laughs> Very similar.
1: This
0: is banger. Playboy.
1: It's just... It's, it's so serene true, and, and also heartbroken but when you I love that the chorus is just a couple phrases yeah just tremendous there
0: my water
1: my will Awesome, awesome. Uh, I love this compilation. I mean, it really charts the path of Southern soul in like a succinct way. It holds a special place in my heart because of when I heard it. And you know, like I love the big artists at that point in my life. I love Sam Cooke and Otis Redding and Al Green. I love Motown, right, right? Supreme, Smokey Robinson, who we will do an episode on him. Uh, but this record hooked me into the genre fully. And like we were saying before, great compilation makes you feel like an archaeologist and it gives you that illusion that it's you who's discovering something, not the compiler. I found this. (laughs) Uh, It'll make you feel that way. And and this genre has been a part of my life ever since, Uh, particularly Southern Soul. So, you know, I encourage listeners to dig into it if you want like a really uh, neat, tidy doorway into that sound. What's the compilation called again? Take Me to the River. Story Take of Southern Soul. River. Yeah. Wow. I was going to do uh, this other compilation called Country Funk, but I think Country I'm going to save funk. that. I want to hear that. For later on. Uh, I think you might dig that even more, actually. But uh, yeah, it's too soon. Too soon. Yeah, yeah. It's not the right time. Wow.
0: Dope. All right. Our first compilation discussed on first this First compilation. There, there's a lot of good pop- compilations out there. Not just Soundtracks too. I, I'm remembering now... You get a lot of great compilations for, like, uh, music from other countries. That's c- kind of how I might associate it the most. It's like you pick a certain, obviously, a certain genre, too, or a certain era, but just, like, all these artists from Brazil I would never know about otherwise or West Africa or Japan or... Mm. Yeah, that's definitely... There's uh, dope discoveries to be made that way. Mm-hmm. All right. Wow. Well, that, was, um, that was short and sweet, truly emphasis on on both of those uh
1: those descriptors there adjectives that could describe me too oh yeah <laughs> oh god all right moving on um
0: i'm gonna do the best i can here today i'm a little Thompson a little is foggy, under the weather, but like we said at the yeah, beginning little under the weather give him a break you know. know well you know what happened is all that new
1: metal last week, I got God, down with sick. the sickness. You got down with the sickness, right? And you found, I, I, I was laughing, uh, you found the sound that I was looking for to intro the genre. What? That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's, no, I mean, that lives somewhere better... in the
0: back of my brain. That that triggered a, a deep memory. <laughs> There's no better sound had. to introduce the genre. Anything.
1: Or really anything. We should <laughs> use should it again. That be my ringtone. Let's use it again right here to introduce your segment. Oh, what? There it is. Yeah. All right. So
0: the clickbaity title that I have for uh, what I'm discussing this week is the most self-indulgent album of all time.
1: Whoa. Didn't you talk about Pet Sounds already? Hey, shut the
0: front door. <laughs> uh, dick. Um, <laughs> on my very first episode, the lost episode that we never even released, I talked about the most dis- disrespectful album of all time. Uh, an album by Neil Young, and maybe we'll. Oh,
1: that's right. Yeah, we we never actually aired that podcast because we were just so bad. We sucked. If, if you thought album, we man... sucked now, you should have heard that. <laughs> one. Um, and I I might
0: revisit the uh, the most disrespectful album ever, but no. Today I'm sure. talking about the most self indulgent album ever, hmm. or so I think. I welcome disagreement. I will. I I have very muddled, confused thoughts on this. I have COVID. I don't know what's going on. Sure. I mean, you can't even smell things. Yeah. Y- I yeah I can taste still but sure I haven't lost my taste but uh you know any any if you have feelings that uh run contrary to anything I say and you want to come in and and change my mind you are absolutely welcome today um I'm but otherwise this is very self-indulgent the real really now that we're all here we're away from social media and it's just you and me and and the listeners, you know, I'm not putting this in print. The word I really want to use is masturbatory.
1: Masturbatory, okay. Yeah, and, and full disclosure, uh, Thomas texted me beforehand to ask if it was okay that he used this word. We are very PG here. Yeah. I am more uh, against cursing than Thomas, I think. But um, it is okay with me, I think, because of the way in okay. which we're using Thank it.
0: Thank you. You know, because, you know, you, you just want to be careful what, what ideas you're putting in people's heads, Yeah. Uh, But yes, I'm going to show you... I I cannot, for the life of me, and I invite anybody, including you, to come at me, I cannot think of an album I would describe as more masturbatory than what I'm going to show you today.
1: I'm excited to hear it.
0: And the the only other prelude I'll give before we just kick into it here, Um, like I said... Having COVID this week, it's like being a teenager again in a lot of ways. My lifestyle is is back to all the limitations and isolation, you know, of that time.
1: Oh, I thought Um, you were going to connect it to the masturbatory thing.
0: (laughs) Well, that's just on the table there, isn't it? Thank you for picking it up. You know, revisiting some music that I hadn't heard since I was a teenager. Okay. Um, And this is music. This specifically today, I really hadn't heard this i hadn't bothered to listen to it probably in in over 10 years okay and i had it on my uh my ipod classic wow dating ourselves here next time spotify shuts down ipod classics aren't so Go stupid to after iPod all classic yeah
1: dust it off charge, it, it, charge off. it up
0: they're great they have so much storage for music nerds like me um they're durable as fuck so yeah but but you do eventually run out of room being as as much of a musical nerd as I, and you keep having to decide: okay, do I keep this on or do I take this off? Do I get rid of this? Do I really want to keep listening to this? Mm. So, you know, along with this being the most uh, self-indulgent album of all time, another question is: uh, Thin Lear, do I do I keep this or do I delete this? You know, mm. a little different from asking: is it a guilty pleasure? It's. Uh, do should you I, should I just get rid of this?
1: Did you love it at the time? Were you flirting with it at the time? Like, what was your relationship? I,
0: with- I think I can say I loved, although that feels weird, but yeah, I guess I'll say I loved other songs by this artist. Mm. And I was very interested in what I'm about to show you uh, and definitely enjoyed it. And, um, you know, I used to make electronic music more. I've sampled parts of, of uh, this album.
1: Okay, in, so it, in my it, it own has
0: Electronic music I never released.
1: Meant something to you somewhat. Yeah, you could certainly say that, but now I'm like, what? Well, how would you define before we move forward? I don't mean to put you Uh on the spot, but like, how are we defining self indulgent slash masturbatory? Like, what makes that a
0: record? I I have to show you at first, and then we can really get down to brass tacks. (laughs) Okay, sure. Yeah,
1: I have a very very definite
0: answer for you there. Great. Um, So I'm going to now uh, direct you to the link I sent. I will say this music was not on YouTube, so like a total weirdo, I had oh to upload my it myself. Oh, my God. Wow. And I felt like Tim Robinson from I Think You Should Leave when everybody <laughs> wants him to show a video that he really likes, and yeah, he has and he to make one the video, up. yeah. And they're like, well, why does this only have one view?
1: <laughs> yeah, this is a bit like that. Wow. So so I I'm, I'm looking I feel at today. an unlisted... but well, you got to make it listed now, now that we've spoken about it on the show. <laughs>
0: so i don't want to give you any other any other uh, context here we're just going to start listening to this song you ready oh uh, uh, yeah i'm ready ooh, 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 oh.
1: Was the night we I don't like this <laughs> than
0: was the light
1: from right I mean, the harmonies are tight It sounds like one person
0: <laughs> Is
1: that right? <laughs> I, I think oh, I understand the masterment element immediately and
0: as the night slowly by
1: We'll what is that behind you? right now? <laughs> <her tender sides laughs>
0: love All right. Yeah, I get it. I think I got
1: so, it. I feel, like, I feel like some explanation <laughs> is called for. I think I know where that's going.
0: Well, we are talking about the artist Tatsuro Yamashita, who we can go ahead and uh, hereby just refer to him as Tats, as many of his fans do. We touched very briefly on City Pop a few episodes back and you were like, what is City yes, Pop?
1: Yes, I needed the definition.
0: We will eventually do an episode on City Pop. This is not that episode, but I will just say Yamashita Tatsuro is the mayor of City Pop. He is by far the most famous famous, acclaimed artist in that genre, uh, best-selling. Um, he's the king and uh, also... I wouldn't say he's the best artist in City Pop, and I would, you know, I certainly have my other picks to show you eventually, but I just want to get that out of the way. He is literally, I pulled this up on his Wikipedia, he's the most comber- commercially, I can't talk today, he is the most commercially successful Japanese male solo recording <laughs> artist in the history of uh, the Japanese album chart, Oricon. Wow. Uh, selling approximately nine million albums in total, and nine also I think million. that fig- I think that figure is from like two thousand nine, so it's, it's maybe double by now. Wow. He has the biggest uh, Christmas song in Japan ever. Like you think we hear Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas Is You," we think you think we hear that a lot in the states. He yeah. has a song called "Christmas Eve," which at one point I did feel was a banger, and I kind of still it's it's kind of good. Okay. He's got some music that's kind of good, uh, but it's like. He's just a titan. Um, most of the time, he's very funky. He has a funk band. There's going to be lots of slap bass. There's going to be lots Ooh. of gate reverb. That uh, okay. and plate
1: reverb, not just gate reverb. I was going to ask you my question. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, you know, lots lots of uh, chic style. You know, strumming guitars. Um, but here's the thing: what you just heard, and I think an explanation is now due, is uh, in 1980, just as he really exploded. Um, With another album called Ride On Time. Get it? Because it's like Ride On Time. Yeah, I got it. Ride On Time. Yeah. Uh, Along with that, he released an album that was all a cappella,
1: all hymn,
0: all doo wop songs, all the classic crooner street corner hits from the late 50s, early 60s um, called On the Street Corner. And uh, get this I've been saying this is the most self indulgent album of all time. It's not an album, it's a series.
1: Whoa. In 1986,
0: he released On the Street Corner 2. In 1999, he released On the Street Corner 3. And uh, they're all... So it's three full-length albums of him doing all these favorite songs of his from his youth, you know, mm. uh, all by himself doing all the
1: parts. Well, that's kind of... I mean, the sentiment behind it is kind of sweet. You know, he's, he's digging back to his musical past and... uh uh-huh. I can't say I love the sound. I mean, it did. I sort of knew immediately that it was one dude harmonizing uh-huh. with himself a million he times. He made sure so. to make sure you know. It was very tight. Um, very sanitized, yeah. Oh, and, and super sanitized. I mean, that was the issue, right? I mean, that's, that's what can happen when you harmonize with yourself too often. It gets like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, he spends all day just harmonizing with himself. He doesn't want to do with anybody else. <laughs> That is, yeah, I guess that's a really clean definition of masturbatory. I guess you'd have to be kind of fussy to to layer. Oh, you think he's fussy? Like thirty.
0: <laughs> you think he's probably got a stick up his ass? Uh, even um, on the instrumental albums, he has a huge part in the production and the arrangement. And people call him the Brian Wilson of Japan. Back to your dig, sure, at pet sounds. Which I don't. Um, I don't
1: mean. I didn't mean that dig. I don't. Th- that's
0: definitely not yeah, that. I hope that's
1: It's a great record.
0: Um. Sure. So it's like, uh, you know, he is extremely talented. Um, but it's it's like it's too much of a good thing. I don't know. It's just like, it's just so much. He's he's
1: proving to him. I got to
0: let, Let's just listen to one more song, and then we'll okay. really dig into it a little deeper. Is here. it going
1: to just be pretty much just that again, but now a different song? So I showed you Blue Velvet because I know that you know that
0: song. Yeah. Like I just had a sense for that. I want to show you one that I don't. Oh no! I do. You do know this one? Ooh, I picked another very. Is it one? My guitar jelly. I picked one that's a little more lively. (laughs) No, I wanted to pick one more that's not so slow. I wanted to pick one that had some some oomph behind it. Oh, so
1: this rocks. You're saying this? That's for you to
0: judge. That's for you to judge. This is uh, this is one other song from the series. Um, This is from the uh, the third volume. This is from 1999. Wow. I'll direct you to open up Tots number 2. Tots number 2. I got to say this album cover pretty whack. So, this is not the actual album cover uh, for this series. Those covers are just like black and white pictures of him in what I presume is New York City. Oh. This is a uh, f- album cover for like his most famous like compilation album in oh, the 90s. Okay. Um, I put it up here cuz I think it is definitely one of the worst album covers I've <laughs> ever seen in my it's, entire life He, and he I looks just like wanted uh, to make sure
1: like rocking mickey mouse or something <laughs> yeah
0: it's so so tacky and bad and i just really wanted to make sure i could share it with you today so treasures by Tatsuro yamashita if anybody wants to uh look it up for themselves um but we're gonna hear one more lovely cover from uh tots here you ready and this is
1: on the niagara moon youtube page be able uh-huh. to find this hot and fresh <laughs> oh, <God. laughs>
0: no this is getting deleted after uh here i'm gonna hit play okay uh- map 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 Why do fools fall in love? Why do birds sing so gay? And love is a way to break up day Why do they fall in love? I gotta say in this moment, I don't hate it That
1: makes one of us This is worse than the other one, uh, though It's like,
0: good lord, I would never want to play
1: this in public But that, it's slapping a little bit you know, you're, like, you're on the subway, your headphones get unplugged But this is what's oh, happening be bad
0: Why the He's falsetto. hitting those notes like a motherfucker is he? Why does my heart that falsetto.
1: Do <laughs> you it, have enough hymn? We'll Is there enough there of deep him deep for deep you? Deep. There's a lot of him there.
0: Mm-hmm. So I got a few questions for you. We're going to do a little psychological breakdown. Do you think he tried to get other people to sing with him?
1: No like he at least tried and no. then they just
0: weren't good enough. No, no. he was that's like not, that's not that me. is
1: not the sound of a man who was looking <laughs> to collaborate on this project. <laughs> um,
0: okay. All right, pretty conclusive there. The other question I did not
1: I did not like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the other question is uh, does he having done this does he think he is at least as good as Frankie Lyman? Is he like I no. have demonstrated I am No, I don't. better.
1: I mean, I hope not. You think he's uh, still,
0: he still hasn't gone full uh, insanity there?
1: You know, it's tough because I don't know. I might like it less or be more inclined to say that if I knew about his character. Like, I need the context of, of the man. I mean, just hearing the sound. And, and the only context yeah. I have is that he did it to sh- embrace music from his childhood, music from his past that he really loved. Right. And that is very sweet. And yes, it's... Uh, I guess somewhat self-intelligent to make a three-volume a cappella set uh, of covers, but uh, and to release it. But you know, if, if it's coming from that place of sentimentality, I think it's okay, or I wouldn't judge it harshly. Right, it gets a little bit, little bit of a pass for that. Right now, here's the thing about
0: duop too. Um, isn't it about the community, like you and your your brothers, your 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 group? That's a great point. All together it's not just about you by yourself. <laughs> that's
1: a really good point. Yeah, I mean it's like that's the the whole thing is like uh yeah duop is is there's a communal element to it. There's like this you're supposed to be playing off of the person next to you, right? I was going to say before you uh started asking me those questions like it sounds like the kind of thing that um like when you open garage band or whatever and they have like pre pre like tracks in there that are sort of made already. Like it sounds like one of those where it's just like really dead uh, and, and technically pristine, but there's like nothing to, there's nothing of substance in it.
0: Yeah. His, uh, all of his, his biggest work is very sanitized from a sonic perspective. Yeah. Like, so So I know, I know you hate that. I get, I'm like, okay with it sometimes, but I think it's like particularly weird for, uh, trying to emulate again, like, you know, street corner music from the fifties in New York city. Is that his, is that his vibe like all throughout? Like, is yeah, he... it's a bit glossy. That's city pop. It's like glossy and like perfect
1: and high fi. I think I'm spoiled yeah. from the Japanese music that you've brought me so I've shown you the good shit because you've only yeah. shown me things that are enjoyable. And it's all stuff from folks who are like, with a few exceptions, really versatile like it seems yes. to be the kinds of artists that you gravitate towards are people who their career is just like all over the place. Uh, so my question was going to be like, is this, you know, this sort of uh side project situation here with, with this aesthetic that this guy's going for, it does not sound like that. I mean, he's worked with, uh, Eichi They were, uh, what well, well, yeah, but I Ei mean, Ei what, anyone who's ever gotten their... to a recording
0: studio in Japan can say that. That's true. Yep. Um, they they collaborated for Niagara Moon Triangle Volume 1. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, dude, I showed you... So far, I've shown you a lot of stuff from the 70s. When we get into the 80s, and I, I was going down a little YouTube rabbit hole last night, like remembering all these, like, 80s, big-budget city pop hits. And we're, we're talking 80s in Tokyo, like the real estate bubble, and people were going nuts, losing their goddamn minds, thinking they were going to take over the world. You know, Americans were thinking that, too. Japan was uh poised for for uh some big things back in the 80s and there were some big sounds to accompany that there are mm. some real some some real characters in this era i have not gotten to show you yet but uh, like i said we'll uh, we'll have uh some more city pop stuff in the future um 80 yeah 80s are, are rough they're 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 seen here
1: and he was the king of the 80s i'm looking at uh photograph oh, did, now for this did next... you open the third link I did, yes. Oh, Naughty Naughty, we're not there yet. Well, I, looked, I look, was looking at this picture of this dude with an American flag, yeah. holding it like a pro wrestler, and I yeah. decided to click on it. <laughs> so that, that's going to require some
0: context. Um, so, yes, I do have a third song to show you. And, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about Tatsuro Yamashita. We're trying to judge his art, really, and I really have not shown you much to judge him by. no. But, you know, one way to judge an artist is by their work, uh, certainly at the time, you know, their, their recorded albums. Their smell. Um, I, think another, their, <laughs> I think another interesting thing is to look at their legacy and what did they do for, you know, the music scene in general. What kind of impact did they leave behind? So now we turn to Poseidon Ishikawa. I got a lot to say about this guy. We'll see how much time we got, but I knew him. I know, I know him personally. I, when I used to live in Kyoto, uh, and again, almost, yeah, practically 10 years ago now, little, little less, but, um, I lived in Kyoto. I was a student over there. I was teaching uh, English lessons. I was doing a band. Um, and for a while I also worked at a, a local music venue that I really liked and I was a bartender there and, uh, you know, it'd be late nights, I'm serving drinks, uh, this one guy would always come in after all the music was over, mind you, you know, he'd come in at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, you know, here I am hoping, oh, I, I want to close out soon, and then he'd show up, and then the party would go for another hour and a half, and he'd be drinking. Um, this guy, a few things about him, Posada Nishikawa, one of the most technically proficient and talented piano players I've ever seen in my whole life,. Um, and just also his vibe, he, was just, he just had this vibe of being like a total loser, just down on his luck. Every time he came in, he always had a face like he lost his job at the ramen shop that day, and everybody would be mm. trying to talk him up like, dude, you okay? Like, what's going on? Like, you know, he's like in his mid-30s, he'd be like several days unshaven um, and just this hot mess. And uh, Thin Lear, out of literally probably a thousand different musicians I met in Kyoto during my time, you know, living there playing music um, and working at this this venue. out of all those people, I only knew two that that hit the big time and became professional musicians. and one of them was Basa Nishikawa. Mm. This guy has made several huge uh, TV appearances in the time since i I left Kyoto, and uh, this video I'm about to show you this went viral. This is over a million views. This is uh Poseidon Ishikawa covering just some some random stupid J-pop song but as Yamashita Tatsuro he loves Yamashita Tatsuro far more than you love soul music. Okay. Uh and he is dedicated his life to Yamashita Tatsuro. He loves him so much and though he does make his own original music and everything, um he seems to be now somewhere in like professionally he's like somewhere in between a Yamashita Tatsuro impersonator and like original artist
1: Weird. but uh,
0: let's, uh, let's check out this, uh, this video of his that went viral shall we? sure alright yes, yes, he's dressed Come like him too the hat and the long hair on, on, you look very baby. concerned Beard of Tots on. but sweet
1: what are what are your thoughts i don't even know i'm not even sure what to make of that i mean it's it's supposed to be uh it's supposed to be funny obviously right uh, to you and i it is i really he's an
0: inscrutable man like i said i met this guy multiple times i don't know what's a joke to him and what's not you know is it that it's like an Andy he's, Kaufman thing i know or? he loves the music and he's serious about the music did somebody with a camera was just like, "Oh, yeah, do that, and oh, all yeah, right, go over to that field, all right, play with the flag over there, like I think he has some awareness, but it's like uh you know also oh, you're not sure if it's if
1: i don't know how much in on the joke or... he is,
0: I know he's cashing in on it now, but
1: yeah, um, yeah so." I, uh, this is the legacy of,
0: of of Yamashita-san. This is the the new generation, and
1: that's what we're saying is good about his work.
0: Or I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying this is something that's up. What are your, <laughs> sh- what
1: do you <laughs> make of it? I would say, as as my good friend Tom, who sometimes says who will be on this podcast in a couple weeks, that's not for me. <laughs> that wasn't that. They didn't make that for me. It's what he says. What he, what he's uh, afraid of offending, or uh-huh. you know, he'll he'll be like. You know, I asked him some movie that everybody loves, and he was just like, you know, it wasn't made for me. And I was like, that's a really good way of saying that you don't like something. Hmm. Uh, I just don't... That, like, really synthesized uh, a cappella sound is just not interesting
0: yeah. to me. And the other part of the story I haven't told you is I had my chance to get in on this action. Uh, oh, man. One day we're all hanging out, you know, late at night at some venue... And of course, I'm I'm the foreigner, uh, so everybody wants to, you know, get. To, you know, I'm also playing shows, and they see me performing stuff, so they can talk about the music I'm making. But like, you know, everybody wants to kind of chat with me. We both got drunk. He's talking to me. He's like, you know, you could you could work with me because like, he's hearing about how I sort of had an, an affection for uh, Tots and Tots's music. Um, he's like, we, dude, we could do stuff together. You know, like you could produce with me um like we, we could continue this like tots cover band um and of course i'm like entertaining it in the moment but then um another guy chimes in who who's probably a lot more similar to you he's like no we don't need that come on <laughs> he's so gross <laughs> like who needs more of that energy out there like he's just that guy's so full of himself like you know so the voice of matt longo a la um Ezoe son my old uh, boss there he sounds like a cool guy Yeah, he was cool. And he's also somebody with a very different speaking voice and singing voice. Oh, interesting. All right. So it's two of us. Yeah. Yeah. He's a very friendly dude. But uh, yeah, he was the voice of reason to chime in and be like, don't do it. That's not worth it. Like, don't (laughs) make, we don't need a Yamashita Tatsuro cover band. Um, But Poseidon Ishikawa didn't listen. And now he's... Uh,
1: Unfortunately, you know, a success. He's appearing
0: on primetime TV, singing these songs now. Wow. Have, have you ever
1: reached out to him or tried to keep in touch in any way? Not
0: really. I, uh, my best friend over there, Lyutaro, who my old bandmate too, um, and we definitely keep in touch. Um, he's sort of still connected to Poseidon. Mm. I had him reach out to Poseidon on my behalf just to make sure he's, he's still doing good over there now that he's, he's living in Tokyo. Mm. You know, Made it into the big time. But yeah, I think I'm still Facebook friends with him.
1: Wow, this could have been
0: you, man. Could have been I could have been his his uh, his producer understudy. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah. No, I don't dig. You brought me a a fair amount of Japanese music on this podcast, Uh and I have liked like eighty percent of it. And I would say Mm -hmm. the last twenty percent would be everything (laughs) I listen to today.
0: (laughs) So on the street corner, is it? The most masturbatory album you can think of?
1: No. No, I think there are it, other. There more expensive sounding records, I think. I, for some reason, there, there's like a financial element for me in, in mm. it's calling something masturbatory too, or self indulgent, okay. where it's like you're <laughs> subjecting others to your whims too, is like part of it. Um, yeah. You know, like the sort of Phil Spector vibe where like, oh, uh, like yeah. No, he's a good candidate. Players. Yeah. Um, but. No, I mean, this is up there. I mean, if you're going to be <laughs> solo and self-indulgent, yeah. Yeah, this so sounds then like the other
0: So then the other question is, should I delete it off the iPad? Yes. Should I say, it's not on YouTube. It's not on Spotify. If I delete oh. it off the iPad, I'm never going to be able to get it
1: anywhere else ever again. Oh, that's right, because those are unlisted videos.
0: Should I say goodbye to On the Street Corner Volumes 1 through 3 forever? No,
1: no. In that case, no, because... Um, it's worth holding on to you just never know when you're gonna need the sound a unique sound even if it's not good like yeah. you never know when you need that and i for some reason I, I forgot that you you had to upload it so no you should never delete it if you can't find it anywhere else okay
0: so i'll, I'll keep the tots in my freezer
1: tots <laughs> well are we gonna get uh, a lot of hatred <laughs> from, from japanese fans of this man no
0: uh, I don't think I will. Like he's. It sounds he's one like of those... it's kind
1: of known that he's a little bit stuffy, just from the yeah, way you're talking. I just mean about. like
0: he's he's not known for being fun personally. Like it's not like he's a party animal or he had problems mm-hmm. with drugs or whatever. He's just a very, you know, perfectionist, persnickety, just enormously successful dude. It's like going after the Eagles, you know, like. Mm how many people are really going to get so bent out of shape if, you know, unless you go into their camp, which I don't oh. think this podcast is full of, uh, diehard, uh, Yamashita fans. Um, so, <laughs> but that is, that is it. I, I did not expect you would like this. So, okay. uh, I can't say I'm, I'm too hurt.
1: Yeah. I thought it was pretty whack. I mean, yeah. I, I can't say I'm a <laughs> fan of acapella music in general. I mean, I, I guess the closest thing would just be, yeah, like straight do up. Right. Um, Lady Smith, Black Mombaso. Okay, that has to yeah. Be another category. Yeah, I mean, that's a totally different category. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's sort of few and far between. I remember uh, the college that I went to, acapella music was like really big. Uh, and I loathed it there because it was like, it kind of sounded like this, except with more than one person. <laughs> Huaymin and I were hanging out with a, a friend
0: of hers who's making this exact point of like, if I see acapella live, I enjoy it because it's like oh these sounds are happening right now in front of me and i'm seeing literally how they are being generated and isn't mm-hmm. that cool but if you take that same experience and just put it onto a recording it's like i don't want to hear this like this it's yeah like it
1: totally loses its uh momentum yeah it's very know. dead uh, and it always has that like i don't know i guess sort of jaunty vibe where it's just yeah. like i just feel like i'm listening to the opening of like carmen san diego whenever i <laughs> hear it
0: uh <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's just
1: like, it's got that jauntiness that just is a bit whack. But, you know, uh, who, am I to, who am I to talk, really? Uh, what what did we learn today? We learned that... I learned you got a show at the Mercury Lounge. That's right. September 15th. September 15th. Yes. 8 p.m. Come hear me sing, yeah. If, if you're, you know, Pennsylvania or Canada, even, you could drive in. Uh, and I would welcome... Or you. Think,
0: Massachusetts. Or
1: Massachusetts. I think the tickets are pretty much sold out or uh i know they just released a few more so humble brag um, yeah humble brag there or more just urging you to to get tickets while you can yeah jump on it i can i can assure you it wasn't me who (laughs) caused
0: that sellout but uh yeah and uh hey beyond that if you like this podcast please make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a future episode we release every wednesday uh give us a nice rating or a review uh if you want to follow our social medias see some some clips you can uh subscribe subscribe whatever you do. do you subscribe on tiktok you follow follow on tiktok instagram uh twitter that's all going to be uh at losing my opinion mm-hmm. and uh i've decided that i will keep tots on my ipod Good. i could be wrong now sure but I don't think so. Is
1: that like your impersonation? of? Well, yeah, I got to add the
0: effects later oh, yeah, yeah. on. I oh, got to like okay. layer oh, yeah, it yeah, and add reverb and everything. That's good. Yeah, put yeah,
1: feel like an eight-part harmony on there. That's right. And I'll say so long, suckers. And we'll see you next time with less acapella. Goodbye. Ooh, ooh, yes, ooh, ooh, yes, Come on, baby.